What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. And today we're going to be talking about uh, a trending topic, Ethan. We're going to hop on the trends here. I know normally, mm. I mean, we, we definitely still do hop on the trends, but normally, you know, we like to, I guess, do our own thing, come up with our own ideas. But this is something that I've been seeing on Spurs Twitter, on the Spurs interwebs, however you want to verbalize it as of late. And that is the idea of jumping up into either the lottery or the late, uh, just this, you know, the second, the lottery or the second half of the first round. They're both 15 picks each. It's basically jumping somewhere into the first round to go get another playmaker or another guard specifically. I mean, there's so many tweets that I could pull up right now. I know it's like, yes, I could go and I could go to Evan Townsend's profile. He's made a lot and he makes a lot of great content, by the way. That's not a diss. I'm yeah. just saying, but like I could go pull it up on screen share, but there's really no point. If you watch this, this podcast and this YouTube channel, you've probably been seeing it. Just We were just talking about it a little bit off air before we started. And I was just kind of like, man, like is, I was not expecting to be watching watching these these Kobe Bufkin and these Jalen Hood Shafino highlights, bro, before yeah, yeah. the like just after getting the number one pick. And I'm not even opposed to it. I really see the line of thinking for everybody. This is a really deep draft. Uh, you know, as much as I was like, why am I watching these? I, you know, see the appeal and the talent of these guys. There's a handful, about five or four guards, you know, kind of in that range from the late lottery to around the 20s. Um, or getting or the late teens, excuse me, you know, kind of that 10 pick range that um, could all kind of go there that a lot of these Spurs fans and, and, and Spurs media accounts and stuff have been talking about potentially trading up to get one of those guys because it's such a deep draft and because we have the assets and because, you know, as you're about to allude to, there's kind of this sense of maybe wanting to get a Robin next to Victor Wembanyama after getting the first pick. The floor is yours, Ethan. Tell me, tell me what you think about all this. Yeah, the logic is sound, right? I mean, we have our shack now. It would only make sense for the fan base to want to instantly go out and find the Kobe that goes along with that shack. Um, I want to put a stopper in any talk about getting a top five pick. I think that's out of the question. Like, this doesn't seem at all possible for the people that want us to go trade for Scoot or or Amen Thompson or somehow. I just don't see that happening. It's much more likely that we would try and maybe get into that 10, 11, 12, or even the 20s to try and either get Anthony Black on the high end or some of those names that you were just referring to in that late teens area. Um, Anthony Black kind of sets himself apart as being a very versatile like 6'6 point guard that has playmaking ability. He's similar to maybe Josh Giddy offensively, but defensively like you have talked about in the past, kind of the DeJounte archetype of being long and able to guard one through three. I see the appeal there. Um, Lonzo every, Ball, that's Lonzo another Ball, comparison that's I've seen. One. That's a great one. And I completely understand, especially since, you know, I love Trey Jones. I've been on the Trey Jones bandwagon since we Me drafted too. him. But I think we both agree, and a lot of the Spurs fans agree, that his ceiling is probably a very, very talented backup. Very Just like his brother. <laughs> yes. So if we are to draft someone outside of Victor, you would want it to maybe be a point guard to kind of fill that hole in our roster. That's really the only spot that we that we really need an improvement for. Um, and I don't think we're going to splurge on a Kyrie Irving or a James Harden. That's out of the question. So I understand where all these fans are coming from. Um, as far as a draft night trade, you know, it, it, there's so many variables, Jude. Like who's who's falling? Who's got a pick that they're willing to trade? 
how much are we going to have to give up? Will it just be two seconds? Will it be a future first? Is that protected? Is it not protected? Like there's so many questions that go into it. I find it kind of unlikely and I wouldn't be against it necessarily, especially if it is Anthony Black, but for everybody else, I I, kind of don't want to make those trades because of, and we were talking about this right beforehand, we still have Blake Wesley on the roster that we took last year in the first round it in the twenties, I believe was it, was it 25? Yep. 25. So he's a first round talent. He's a combo guard. And he was someone who kind of fell not to yeah. interrupt you there, but no. he was, he didn't fall as much as Malachi, but he was more like on uh Jay Billis's big board. He was in the teens. Yes. And when, when we discuss these guards that are in this draft, while this is a very deep draft, a lot of their upside is upside. It's like potential. They could be very good players down the line. And that's exactly what we were talking about with Blake Wesley last year going into the draft. Like he has a lot of raw ability. And if we are somehow able to harness that and get his turnovers under control, he's a very talented point guard or a combo guard that can both score and play make. And we've seen flashes of it. Sure. It's inconsistent at times and he had his rough patches, but I'm not willing to give up on him. But who's to say that a a similar player with, with a similar build this year doesn't have the same year. And, and, And I know that a lot of people in the comments might be like, no, this player is so much different than Blake Wesley, but it's like, you know, it's just like, but if they're rated at a very similar, like, uh, evaluation, I guess is the wording I could use yeah. there. Like, uh, time will tell. You know, right. You never know. It's it's a crapshoot. But the fact that they're in the same range would indicate that it's probably going to be a similar thing where it'll take them a little bit. There are some guys that I might say have a higher, look a little bit better than Blake. But then mm-hmm. it's like, if I go back and watch Blake's Notre Dame highlights, I might be like, oh, no, they look exactly the same. You see what I'm saying? Because we have a little bit of bias from watching this season and seeing him struggle. But it's like, you know, when those guys start playing the same guys Blake do, you know, yeah. does, they might look very similar. And as we forget through, you know, throughout this year, Blake had a, a really stellar campaign in the G League, averaged 20 mm-hmm. points. And he had a stretch of like five games before he got hurt where he yeah. looked very good. When he and first we first came in. We were talking about like, oh, we were not, we're not even going to miss Josh Primo. Like this guy's NBA ready. Right. And then he got hurt and he came back and he had his struggles. Um, I do think part of these trade, the push to get like another guard in this draft has to do with us losing out on Josh Primo and all of his allegations. He's no longer on the team. So it kind of feels like we want to make up for that in a way. And I get yeah. that as well, but I don't know if you can compound, not a Spurs mistake. I don't know if you can compound that difficulty by adding on by trading a couple picks and trying to somehow make up for that. I don't I don't see that as like a sound logical reasoning in my I book. think a little bit and this kind of goes with the internet. And I'm not trying to offend anybody when I say this cuz mm-hmm. we're thankful for a lot of you internet people because obviously yes. our shows right here on the internet. Yes. But at the same time, um I think there's a lot of people that you know, okay, we got number 1. Now they just and they hear Victor say, "Oh, I want to w- win a ring ASAP." Like, and then they just want to go plug every hole on the roster because we have all these, you know, uh, draft picks that we could use. You know, I use a lot of 2K terms on on this show from time to time. And I think this is right now, everybody's looking at it like it's a my league. And they're like, this is the time to go get somebody. We got all the assets. We got Victor. Let's let's go get another, you know, top player in this deep, deep draft. But I'm kind of with you. I really feel like Anthony Black is the only one that like okay i'm willing to really pay the price for this yeah um and and that just you know uh 
we didn't do a prospect profile on him because we stopped doing the prospect profiles after, after the Spurs got the number one pick. Um, but he's somebody who who is super appealing to me. I think he there's not that big of a gap between him and Amen Thompson at the point guard position. I think he's a little bit less explosive athletically. But other than that, I honestly think that that they're really similar players. So if you could get him at like nine or something, I think that would definitely be a steal. Or any team that even does get him, if they get him in that range, I'm not even necessarily saying the Spurs. I think that would be a steal. I think he's kind of somebody who's overlooked in this draft because of the Thompson twins coming out of OTE and their, you know, yeah, crazy highlights and hype and all that stuff. They're definitely more explosive, but you know, I keep alluding to Josh Giddy only because Josh Giddy was so unassuming going into the draft, but he's by far, as far as that draft is concerned, like the most talented point guard. Yeah. I feel like Anthony black could maybe eventually get to that point, especially since he's so well-rounded in so many areas. Um, but he, to me, is the only guy I would consider trading up for, like you said. Uh, everyone else kind of blends in, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. in the top nine, I don't see any of those teams trading away their pick. Personally, I think that they're in a place where they want to take whoever's available. Um, maybe Mavericks would want to trade 10, but even... even Orlando they or Orlando maybe... Um, maybe uh, Oklahoma City as well. Those three, are to me, are the teams that would be willing to make a trade. Um, Orlando, because they already have a top they have the fifth pick the sixth pick yeah. already so they don't necessarily need the second one they might be willing to trade it um oklahoma city because i think they're really trying to make a push next year plus they don't really need a point guard with shea gilgis and josh giddy on the team already so maybe they'd be willing to do that but dallas i think that they would want player compensation not necessarily draft pick compensation and i don't know mm-hmm. if we have anything that's appealing enough to them what doug like, I don't know if they really want Doug McDermott. Like they really need defense right now. And Doug's, you know, he's a good floor spacer for Luca, but he's not going to fix any of their team needs. Right. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Right. So I, I think, yeah, that that's another interesting part is is what, you know, the suitors would want as well. That's something you definitely got to keep in mind. But probably the reason why this is super appealing to a lot of people here, Ethan, is because when you scroll down here, and this is just the first mock draft that pops up, CBS, shout out to Kyle Boone, um, you know, at 11 and at 12, you've got Anthony Black and Cason Wallace. And those are some of the guys that we've, you know, that the Spurs... Twitter has been talking about specifically. I saw some comparisons to Casey Wallace on Spurs Twitter. People are calling him a baby Kawhi. Um, he's definitely talked about uh, a lot when it comes to his defense. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be there. I'm just saying those are some of the things that we've been hearing. Um, and also Kobe Bufkin. He's just, you know, th- these are kind of the picks that probably, I don't know if we'd make another move with the Raptors necessarily, but like this kind of range is where, and, and these type of players are are what, the people on Spurs Twitter are talking about. And I understand that all these guys, um, you know, ha- have a higher ceiling than Trey bluntly. So that's, I-, I get the logic, but at the same time, I'm just like, do we really need to force it? And I've seen a lot of other mock drafts that have Anthony black a lot higher. This is just one. Um, but I just wanted to bring this up to kind of give some added context. 
for sure. And I think Toronto is actually the least likely to trade their pick. For sure. Because it feels like to me with their new hire of their, their new head coach, uh, something Griffin. Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin. Um, well, the Bucks hired him. The uh, Bucks hired him. What am I thinking? Yeah, they haven't hired a new head coach. But I thought that they were shopping Pascal and then they're going to well, lose Fred Van Fleet. They might be heading for a rebuild. They fired, they fired Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now their top assistant's leaving as well. So Yeah, I think they're shopping Pascal. Poor, poor Jakob. <laughs> poor Jakob. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We shipped Jakob. Meanwhile... Well, he might he might sign to a different team. Right? He's unrestricted. Yes, so he, he is. That's leave. true. Actually, he's a free agent. So yeah, that doesn't apply. Yeah, he could technically leave. But <laughs> imagine if he had like two years, or he he's oh, like yeah. re re-signed a contract before this season, like before the deadline extended yeah, yeah. with the Raptors. Sorry, bud. <laughs> poor Jakob. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. But uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but um, at the end of the day, I think it might be just a smarter move for the Spurs to hold on to their draft capital that they're stocking up, continue to stock up on capital, and then down the line, when Victor's ready to really make a push, you know, as as a superstar in the playoffs, then we trade some of those picks for another all-star or something like that, rather than somebody that really hasn't proven anything yet in the draft. That's my preference. Yeah, and and I mean, like... Think about okay, so you, so you have Malachi's season, right? And mm-hmm. he was obviously he would he he you could argue he would be more comparable to these guys, just yeah. whenever it comes to his his pre draft projection. But the thing is, other than like Kobe Bufkin, like uh, let me see, and and Jalen Hood Shafino's got some shot creation as well. Nick Smith, he he's someone who's kind of fell down a little bit more, um, but coming into this year, you know, he was somebody who was a potential projected lottery pick. Um, yeah, that's another one. He's more of a two guard and he's a little bit more undersized. So I feel like, I mean, like, unless the Spurs are going to turn these dudes in to point guards, but then it's like, that's kind of what you're already doing with Blake. And I just, I I just don't see it. Like I I watched this Jalen Hood Shafino guy. I'll, I'll say that I liked him a little bit more than I liked Kobe Bufkin just but but that's just because it seemed like he was more of a natural playmaker and Kobe seemed like more of a natural too I think he'd be a fine talented player seemed like you know the best scorer on Michigan's team this year obviously but and one of the more talented players on the team overall but just anyways man I'm just like I'm not can when we have I'm not convinced that they're not going to do the same thing as Blake I already said that in this video and I'm just once again coming back to this conclusion we're talking about it and I don't want to like crap on anybody because I get it but I think it's just like everybody's just jumping on like okay let's just let's go you know use our assets right now because we have our franchise centerpiece and it's like it's going to take some time like we've still got to kind of slow cook this thing and Maybe, you know, maybe they, they really would be super high upside and they'd come in and they'd play just like Malachi, but it's like Malachi even had some struggles, mm-hmm. you know, he it it really, it, it took him really until the second half of the season until we started, you know, uh, seeing the Malachi that we talk about in our videos now, you know what I'm saying in the way that we talk about him, we weren't talking about him that way early in the season. Now, granted, we were like, it's really his shots just got to fall. His shot was a little flat coming out. Um, and, and the shots were never bad. That was something that was consistent even when he struggled at the beginning of the year. But it's like those things are going to happen for these rookies inevitably. And we're still not a, a playoff team even. So it's like those weaknesses will be exposed. And so it, at that point, it's like Blake might take a jump. And even if he doesn't, Malachi might take another jump. 
you know, playmaking wise. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. We talked about that in the um, uh, in the lineups video that we just did. And then the other thing with all of this, Ethan, to go back to your original point that we probably haven't even talked about enough, is that all of this really depends on what happens with everybody else. And the key thing here is that it also depends on who the Spurs really like. Because if the Spurs don't like any of these guys, we've been talking here for 15 minutes and none of it matters, you know? Yeah, very true. I, I didn't, I didn't even because we that. picked Josh Primo at 11. Like, yeah, it, it's not like just to bring him up. It's just to explain like under Brian Wright, they see some things sometimes that, you know, are not consistent that are not on all the mock drafts online, you know, for sure, for sure. And I think they've been pretty like stand pat on like we're playing this super slow. Like they're not trying yes. to make any big moves. They haven't given any inclination that they're trying to make trades really. It's to my yeah. In fact, it seems like they've made more inclinations publicly that they're going to slow cook this yeah. thing from the Zach Lowe podcast that came out after the lottery and, and the two appearances that Brian Wright, he went on Stephen A. Smith and then he was on ESPN again for the draft combine. Yep. You know, they were just talking about taking everything slow. But there was another press conference that he did. He feels like he has a lot of he said he feels like the roster has a lot of second and third-year guys that can really, you know, that fit the timeline well, basically. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he likes all of those dudes. He picked them. He evaled yeah. them, you know? So I, I just don't, maybe, you know, like, if they really don't believe in Blake Wesley, you know, we could make a move up. But And that's another thing. I will get into something a little bit later because I do want to talk about the possibility of maybe just like a late first round, like packaging our second round picks to get something in the late first round and, that would be a completely different caliber player of, you know, than these guys. And I think that would be, you know, a little bit more reasonable and like, I would be totally cool with that. Um, But getting back to what I was just saying, it's just like, anyways, Brian Wright was basically alluding to the fact that they're going to keep everybody. And this year they're going to see how many games Victor plays. And this is more in the Zach Lowe podcast, but how many games Victor plays, how everybody fits around him, how all these young, talented players perform, you know, next to him, you know, which ideally it should make their jobs easier. And if it doesn't, then you learn some things about those guys. But the, it, it kind of is just the next step. You know, this year was an evaluation and this next year will kind of be the same thing. Not as in necessarily like the wins and losses, um, you know, and once again, we, we've said multiple times, we don't think the Spurs are necessarily going to be a playoff team. They'll probably be right back in the lottery, you know, less odds, but still, you know, in that 30, 30 win range. Um I just don't see it, Ethan. I'm kind of yeah. losing my train of thought no, here. No, no, you're end, completely but the right. Point, the point is I just don't see it. No, I, you're yeah. completely correct. This year is going to be all about giving the opportunity to Blake, to Malachi, to Julian, all these guys, and letting them play alongside Devin and Keldon and Victor and letting them kind of figure out their roles, see who's going to be compatible on the team. You know, maybe, maybe Blake regresses. Maybe he goes through the roof. Who knows? We don't right. know. It's it's time for him to time for him and everybody else on the team really to prove to prove to us and to the front office. You but know, it's why like, why would you waste out? these assets to get yeah. the same thing as him exactly. that might just be in the G League again, and then it, you know you're just back to and you just wasted these assets when you're not even going to contend this year. There's no Agreed. point to really like just go like this big demand to go get one. Like like yep. I said, we both like Anthony Black. We wouldn't be mad if that happens. But agree, agree. 
there was something else. There was another point that I wanted to get to, Ethan. I know I talked about how we could potentially, you know, trade, you know, package the two second rounders we have. And and maybe, you know, like a, there's one, I think are like 2025. It could be a different year. But, it, you know, one of those years, It's but we have a Charlotte pick that's mm-hmm. lottery protected. Like, I wouldn't mind packaging that pick because they could definitely be in the lottery. Um, and then uh you know the first the two second round picks if a team is willing at like 29 or 30 or like you know 28 range like i would totally be down to do that but you know teams may still say no and then at that point just take your flyers on second rounders i'm not mad at that at all there's i mean uh, nicole Jokic, second round pick Manu Ginobili, second round pick i'm not saying saying that's necessarily going to happen but you never know you know you could take your flyers on guys um yeah, Ethan, I think that's a good 20 minutes, though, discussing this, man. Yeah, what do you agreed. Think? I agree. I don't think we have anything else to say. <laughs> I feel like I do, though, Ethan. And I was trying – that was kind of a ploy for me to uh, – buy some more time but it still didn't work anyways thank you all for hanging out with us today tell us what you think about the spurs potentially trading up to do this this year like we said we we kind of understand the logic but also it's just like they're gonna slow cook this thing this is what i was gonna say ethan i bought myself enough time Mm. zach lowe said in that podcast that basically next year after they figure that out this year Mm -hmm. like next year would be the one that they would be like okay do we feel like like if Victor just comes out and is a stud? Like, okay, maybe we want to make some moves to really try to put some you know guys around him to make us a contender, or maybe not a contender, but a team that can make a deep playoff run with him. Mm. Um, you know, or getting closer to a contender, you know, or maybe you know, you realize, okay, we need some more vets to kind of help slow cook this thing even more. The point is, once again evaluation season and then they'll really make the moves next year which is what you were saying would be the appeal of doing that and he said that and i forgot to say that Agreed. but th- but thank you all for tuning in to sspn today we appreciate you guys if you enjoyed today's content don't forget to like and subscribe below we appreciate all of y'all hopping on the sspn train as of late if you're new to the channel thank you for joining the fam and if you want to stay updated with everything follow us on twitter at sspn on yt at jude mclaren and at ethan underscore quintero we appreciate y'all we'll catch y'all on the next one we'll see y'all later